0: Hello and welcome to our podcast, Shut the Fuck Up, We Are Not Done Talking Yet, with Sharla Gabert and
1: Danielle Warriman. I'm Sharla. And I'm Danielle. In our podcast, we discuss current events, popular culture, writing, books, movies, and women's lives. We are smart, funny, and occasionally profane. We hope
0: you enjoy our podcast and thanks for listening. Hello everybody, welcome to the podcast. Today we have a special guest, Marin Cooper. Maren is the author of a new novel called A Better Next. This novel will be published on May 28th of this year. So we were looking forward to having a chance to talk to her about this book and let you know more about it.
1: So hello, welcome Marin.
2: Well, thank you, Sharla. It's nice to see you again. And hello, Danielle.
1: And hello, Mara. Nice to meet you. Yes, Mara and I met just this spring in
0: Santa Fe at a writing workshop, which was put on by Madeline Island School of the Arts, which is known as MISA. They have a wonderful summer program on Madeline Island, which is in Wisconsin i think and then because it's too cold and freezing in the summer they have classes out in tucson and santa fe in the winter so we took a class together with a wonderful teacher you want to tell us a little bit about our teacher because i think you probably have taken some other classes with her
2: i have uh, mary carol moore has been a teacher at the loft literary center for quite some time and as you know i'm located in the twin cities of minnesota and so i have gotten acquainted with mary carol moore follow her her blog as well as i've had her as a coach and um i have gone to i was at tanker verde which is a mesa treat in the middle of winter as well as now santa fe and you know when you are in the Twin Cities and you've just experienced the longest winter ever, including a 10 inch snowfall just about 10 days ago, any excuse to go out of town is a good one, but this one just turned out to be exactly right. So I am working on my second novel and it was a perfect chance for me to really dig in and, and work on that.
1: I just need to make a side note, that is horrendous weather and you had oh. such bad spring as well as winter. Yes.
2: Exactly. Although I've got two red buds, one in the front yard and one in the backyard, and they're finally blooming. So I'm a happy woman.
0: (laughs) Well, we're having having a very late spring deluge of two atmospheric rivers, which is what they call it. We've had rain yesterday and it's pouring down rain now, which is great because that means fire season still hasn't started. Yes. Rain or fire.
2: Right, we all have different challenges, and actually, we've had a very rainy spring as well, so they're worried about floods. But right now, I'm just going to enjoy the spring.
0: Well, I agree with you that going to Mesa West, which is what they call it, is a real treat. Um, it's a very dedicated week to working on a project. Um, Mary Carol Moore has got some amazing exercises, the way that she approaches Creating a book is very interesting to me. She's an interesting teacher to have because she is a writer, but she's also got a great publishing background. She really Mm -hmm. understands how books get put together, what publishers are looking for, and the best way to think about your book um, so that you don't waste time actually getting it to a book-length manuscript that you could... Find an agent and find a publisher. So she's wearing both hats at the same time writer, book doctor, publisher. And I, I think that's a little unique. You know, I think a lot of writing teachers are writers first and foremost. They don't all have the background that Mary Carol Moore has in book publishing.
2: Right. I think she was an editor first and that really um, kind of trained her eye. But the one thing that she taught me that was almost a breakthrough in my own visioning of what it meant to be an author was the storyboard structure. And it's a screenwriter's tool, of course, and um, I found that to be something that I could use uh, as I learned how to write Yeah, she uses
0: a big, big board where you stick up post-it notes, where you kind of put them in a certain order. But the traditional act one, act two, act three is kind of for it. I do find that it's helpful to have the bird's eye view of the book and have a visual representation of what's usually just a linear, a whole bunch of words on the page. The storyboard really gives you the big picture.
2: Exactly. It's, it's uh, been a very good guideline for me.
0: Well, I think it, it helped you get your first book done, correct? The one exactly.
2: Getting- yes. Mm-hmm. It did. Well,
0: tell us a little bit about A Better Next. What is it about, in your own words?
2: A Better Next is um, it's the story of a dual-career couple in the same industry, that have the challenge of balancing that uh, at a time when that particular industry is going, their, their organizations are on opposite sides of a merger in the same industry. So they've got to come to agreements about what kinds of conversations they have, and that creates strain in the marriage uh, and uh, makes for a very difficult time for both of them, career wise. So, the ensuing conflict there uh, creates an unresolvable problem in the marriage. And um, so, I, I tell the story from the female protagonist's point of view. And she goes on to explore new ways to live her life. And uh, that's what the story is about.
1: And, uh, Maren, is this story autobiographical based on you?
2: No, it is not. Uh, It is, though, uh, I think any writer, especially a beginning writer, uses what they know of the world. And actually, I think even experienced writers, I mean, we are a product of what we know. So I know healthcare, that's my background. I know the chaos that can occur. Healthcare, of course, has gone through so many different machinations that Uh, governance change, buyouts, mergers, acquisitions, it's just the name of the game, downsizing. So I wanted to explore that backdrop uh, with the notion that there's so many dual career couples now. Uh, You could have said it, you could put it in Silicon Valley, you could put it anywhere else where there's likely to be people that have you know, the same career aspirations, and they might find themselves on opposite sides of an issue. How do they navigate through that? So that was what I was trying to explore.
1: Right, and um, maybe you can touch on a little bit, without giving us the story away, that uh, people haven't read yet, but what was the conflict about, and maybe uh, in terms of female and male, whose career was more important? And how, how did that play out, or how might it play out?
2: Well, this is a physician um, husband and an administrative consultant person uh, who is on the opposite side of the merger, um, opposed to her own husband's interests. And uh, the career path for him has been predominant in the marriage. As it often is um, in marriages, so they have followed geographically where he needed to be, and um, Jess has been the one that has been the major um, provider of childcare, managing the household, etc. So pretty traditional in that way. So I think that then sets up the dynamic of so how does that play out in a in the business world and uh jess is no slouch she's doing her thing and arthur of course is doing his so it does it does create some issues for both of them
0: well it also this conflict shows up at an interesting time in the lives of the children Mm -hmm. one child is already at college and the second one It's the senior year, getting ready to graduate, which I understand from people who have children, that's a very fraught time Mm -hmm. in marriage when the empty nest is looming.
2: Right. You know, I'm not sure about this statistic, but if you look at failed marriages, there's a lot of them. Uh, If you dug into... When um, most marriages or more marriages have that time of friction or finding new ways to explore their relationship, it is right around that emptiness time. It's terribly um, it exposes that where you may have chosen a spouse for uh, reasons of romance, love, et cetera, intimacy, Then you've had to make way for children, if you have children, and then when uh, they are basically launched, well, what is that relationship going to be like? So I think that is a time of, you know, it could be novelty to explore a new relationship, but I think most people would say that it's also a time of, my goodness, am I really going to stay with this person for the rest of my life without the family? So that in and of itself plays a role in this particular book, yes.
0: It's certainly a time for renegotiating the relationship as you kind of change out of the role of being primarily parents and having to reestablish what kind of connection you're going to have with each other. Um, I, I noticed in this book, it seemed to me that the husband was clearly on a career track where he was not really thinking that much about his wife. He seemed very single-minded. She seemed to be the one who was aware of the conflict and the stress that this was having on the relationship. She was the one who was kind of modifying her behavior or making accommodations and trying to keep the marriage going Whereas he seemed to have checked out fairly early on,
2: right I, I think you've said it well, Charlotte. You know, she's just you know, she doesn't know that there might be something else going on, and she believes that because they've they've had this agreement not to discuss some of their work life during this time of merger, that um, this is just a short term Time of tension and everything will come back to square one. Now, square one in this particular marriage is that she is clearly kowtowing to him in his career, so that would be normal. So, um, you know, that's just the marriage dynamic. So, having uh, recognized that he is not really tuning into, oh, this is just a time of friction. We'll get through it. Is all about who he is. He's way beyond that it's not even on his you know radar
1: yes yeah that's probably happening to a lot of couples It uh, could go both ways could be mm-hmm. could be a woman doing that to a man just as well but it uh, sounds like it's pretty typical hey let's take a little break and we will stop this and we'll be right back and we're back with Maren Cooper and we have a couple more questions for you Maren great okay well I wanted to hear
0: a little bit more about your writing process you know how you got started how you knew you had a book um, how long it took who you had as your readers all that good stuff
2: All right. Well, it's been just a fun journey that I really didn't expect to have. You know, when I retired, I um, got on a lot of nonprofit boards and didn't have as much free time as I thought I would. So, but I did start taking classes at the Loft Literary Center because I've always appreciated a good book and am an avid reader and wanted to know a little bit more about how it happened. So, As luck would have it, they don't necessarily just let you sit in the classes. You actually have to write. So as I started doing that, I realized um, that it was kind of fun, and I would get in a zone, and uh, the longer I was doing it, the more I realized, oh, I might have a storyline here. So I played with it. I wasn't serious about it at the beginning, but then I did get a little bit more serious and thought, maybe I can get this ready to put it out in the world. So, but, you know, having the fun, well, I should, writing is not necessarily just fun, as you know. There's a lot of work that goes yes. into it.
1: <laughs>
2: we're both
0: and, writers. I we should have we told you, oh, Daniel is also a writer.
2: Exactly. So, um, but for me, it was just when I would get, you know, those – those minutes within those hours in which i felt like i was really moving ahead they were joyous for me so i wanted more of that what i didn't anticipate was how complicated it is to then get your work out in the world so having uh, been going to the loft classes i participated in what they call a pitch conference to put your work in front uh, or pitch your work to various agents And that was quite a process, but it did teach you how to pitch, uh, make a query letter, uh, write a query letter, and kind of, you know, recognize that, you know, you might think that you've got something, but you've got to explain what it might be. So it was making it crystal clear what I had, which I thought was a very good experience. However, and I did get some interest, but... Publishing has changed so drastically. It's it's kind of like the consolidation that you see in healthcare. You've seen that in publishing where, you know, there's very few big publishing houses that control much of the industry. And I'm not getting any younger. And I didn't particularly want to have the lead time or the, you know, the run up time of, you know, if you did get an agent interested, they would then have to turn it around and try to sell it. And so I um, started thinking about doing it differently when I did read a blog post of Mary Carol Morris and one of her students in Grub Street at Grub Street in Boston, which is a similar kind of organization to The Loft, had just signed with She Writes Press. So She Writes Press is a hybrid publisher and uh, they write women's stories uh, as She Writes Press. And the nice thing about it is that, and it's juried, it's not, you know, it's self publishing, publishing, but uh, you are certainly investing in your work, but it's also juried. They have what I would call excellent uh, production talent within uh, the publishing house. And I have been feeling very supported. I think cover design, layout, all of that kind of thing was not something that I was going to turn around and find on my own. So it's one-stop shopping. Uh, They are a small house, but they are a well-regarded house. And they also have Ingram Publishing Services, which I think is a standout differentiator from many of the presses. So I feel like my book is getting... It got very good attention as it was being produced, and I think it's, um, and I also hired another component of Spark Point to do the publicity for me, and I felt pretty good about that. So I'm high on them. Uh, They have uh, a catalog of only 40 books that they put out in the spring and in the fall. So I think they curate pretty well. And that's
1: She Writes Press, who happened to be in Berkeley, California.
2: Exactly. Oh, oh, and my cat is just joining us. So you may hear a meow here and there. <laughs> that's perfect because we are big cat people. You can make a
1: cat meow right now and it'll be a very good part of the show. Yes. You there know, she
2: is. There well, she is.
1: Well, she's adorable. She's hard.
0: We have a podcast planned that's going to be exclusively about cats,
1: cat stories, Oh, fun. Our favorite cats through our life, you know. How how we are complete crazy cat ladies. And we're actually relatively young to be crazy cat ladies. But I aspire to have, you know, 90 cats when I'm 90 years old. Yeah. The husband says he won't be around anymore. So that's how I'm getting away with that.
0: Well, my husband has a strict no more than two cat policy. He says if you go to three, it's a slippery slope. So we have never had more than two at a time.
2: Well Danielle. This one is a great companion. She is noisy and she is demanding. But right now she's been sitting in the greenhouse window looking at spring. So I'm surprised that she came up to say hello. But she stars in many of my Instagram photos. So
1: cool. I am so following you on Instagram right away. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well before we before we finish our interview, we'll ask you for all of your handles, as they say, and we'll also put them in the the notes of this uh, podcast. Yes.
0: And I don't know if you know, but we also have a Facebook page associated with our podcast. So we can put up interesting links there. You know, for instance, we might put links up to The Loft and to Mary Carol Moore's page and to She Writes Press for sure.
2: Very good. And I took a selfie of myself with this new little microphone yesterday, which I plan to put on my Facebook page. So I'll share it to you. How's that? Yes,
0: that's right. Because you have an author's page. that we. I won't... do. I have an author's
2: page. I have a website. I've got Instagram, Pinterest, and Twitter. So I'm all about that.
1: Look, and I'm going to take a picture of the screen right now. <laughs> <All> right.
0: <laughs> You know, before we end though, I wanted to ask about your experience. Um, I know that the book is scheduled for May 28th. It's the right. pub day. And then you have been doing publicity or you will be doing publicity. Can you just tell us a little bit about what you've been up to? Do you have um, call ins with book clubs or will you or that kind of thing?
2: I will have. I'm not um, scheduling them until the book is actually out. Um, I just finished a Goodreads giveaway that was fairly well populated. I've had several essays uh, around some of my themes that have been picked up by various, um, I would say, mostly digital outlets. And so that's been creating some good buzz. Um, I have several events planned, one in St. Louis, which is where the book takes place, the story takes place. And I've got three or four in Minnesota. So I'm open to others. But I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of taking this in chunks. And right now, I think uh, we're feeling pretty good about the buzz that I've gotten out there. I've, I'm listed. My book is listed on several roundups of things you need to read this summer, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, who knows how this is going to go? It's going to be out there. I haven't gotten any numbers yet, so I don't know how many pre-orders there have been. It's an adventure. We'll see how it all works.
1: Um, I have a question. Will you use book clubs uh, to promote your book?
2: I absolutely will. I'm a big book club proponent, and I don't know if you know the name Faith Sullivan, but Faith is a Minnesota author who was the first of my um, people to blurb my book, Mm -hmm. and she is uh, just a wonderful person. She goes to book clubs all the time, so she's given me a lot of hints. I just worked out with my favorite bookseller who is going to be uh, selling books at my launch that he will provide a 20% discount on my book uh, if three or more people from a book club actually orders it. So, you know, I'm doing that kind of thing. Um, On my website, you can sign up for a book club visit. I'll have that option for people that come to any of my events. I don't have a clue whether that means I'm going to have 15 of them in September and then nothing again. I don't know that. So um, we'll just see how it all works. But yes, I, I hope to go to book clubs. I think it would be fun.
1: Yeah. And a friend that we interviewed earlier um, this, this year, uh, she also used uh, a lot of book clubs to promote Mm -hmm. her book and then she would get online and talk to them and they were all having wine. They're like, Hey, of course, of course.
2: Yeah. And then she's,
1: not having wine, and but would yes. talk coherently <laughs> about her
2: book. Oh, I will clearly have wine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, she suggested calling into the book club early rather than late, because if they've already had two glasses yeah. of wine, exactly. it all just fell apart. Right. Yeah, so th-
2: there's a little tip that we can share with you. So my own book club is going to choose uh, my book, of course, and I'm excited about that. They're all coming to my launch and will be great cheerleaders for me. This is a lot of fun. It's, you know, a new act for me. I'm, I'm just enjoying it immensely. I will, though, comment about my, um, my pseudonym because I think it's important for people to understand. One of the reasons I did it is for social media purposes. You know, it gets very, very complicated to have <laughs> dual personalities when you are um, already out there. Um, so that's one of the reasons I wanted to do it. Uh, the other reason is that my own name is very long and complicated, and Maren Cooper is kind of cute and new, and I love it. So, hey, why not? Is you wanted to be action. hip, super I hip be hip, absolutely. It's well, it makes stuff. sense. I can be.
0: It's a new identity. You know, exactly. You have a professional career identity, and now you have a new one. And exactly. And you look good with it.
2: Right. So, it's fun.
0: Well, excellent. Well, it sounds like you're off to a good start. So the official launch is June 6?
2: The launch in Minneapolis at Open Book is June sixth, and then I'll be in St. Louis on the 11th, and then I'll be back in St. Paul on the 18th. Uh, and I'm still working on final dates for a couple of the others, but they will be in the summer sometime.
1: I would like to say that the year is 2019. Okay. Just in case. Just in case. <laughs> what if someone's listening to our podcast yeah. in 2025? That's correct. This is part of the archives, right? <laughs> the archives. That's right.
0: And we're kind of excited because just today we have reached a milestone in our podcast. We have over a thousand listens. Oh, wonderful. Of our 10 episodes. Oh, yeah. is it 10 now?
2: Okay. So I don't think we have cool. listened to all of them. So that'll be a nice treat.
1: We could do that this summer. It'll be a huge treat. Or you can just drive around with the background noise of us (laughs) chit-chatting about something. Or making horrendous mistakes. That's my favorite. You can listen to our episodes where we don't really know what we're doing.
2: Oh, well, you know, you're you're having fun, and that's what it's supposed to be about, right?
1: That's exactly right. It's been quite a learning
0: experience for us. We just threw ourselves into it, and the next thing you know, here we are.
1: Exactly. Exactly. We were born to do this. That's our motto. I think you were. You
2: guys are just kind of doing the thing that makes you happy. And I think it's a favor for all of us. So thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Well, thanks for being on the
2: show. I'm really
0: happy that it worked out and that we got to interview you. Yeah, and my little microphone worked.
1: Yes, well done. (laughs) Well done. And I, I also enjoyed having you on the show. And thank you for being an inspiration. The same thing I've said for each author that we've had on that you're published and that's a big deal in this day and age. So we all need to have, you know, find out how you did it and get inspiration. So thank you so much for that, Marin.
2: You're quite welcome. And I am, actually, I'm, I'm probably a year, I'm so far with my second novel that now I'm just so anxious to get back to it. I, I worked on it, of course, when I was in Santa Fe, but I've had to take a break and work on launching A Better Next And then I want to get really deep into the weeds of revision for book two. And uh, I'm not sure how long it's going to take. You never know. So, but soon.
0: All right. Well, bye for now. Bye for now.
2: Thank you very much. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this episode.
1: You can get more information about it on facebook.com backslash Sharla Danielle podcast.